So to just confirm with that, that you're saying that the night that Michael Jackson died, the first thing he wanted to do was to go to Ben Troy's house. And, and drop and drop his guitar, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it was it was in the stand, like it was in its stand. And next thing it just falls over. I'm like, that's just not right. Like, so I, I don't know, possibly. Maybe, maybe I do well, have a par- maybe I do have a paranormal experience of Michael Jackson with the King of Pop, like, you know. <laughs> Hello, Folkers. I'm Copper Kelly. And I'm Jodie Lucas, and you're welcome to the Folk Around Podcast. Your favourite country music podcast. And Joe, tell the lovely listeners, who are we talking to this week? So this week we caught up with the brilliantly talented uh, Ben Troy. Um, it was a great interview. Did you enjoy it? I did, yeah. I got to know I didn't know him much beforehand and really got to know him on this interview and hopefully the listeners as well. But what do we what do we talk about, Joe? So um, we covered, for somebody so young, he's... He's been in the you know music biz for quite a while. We talked about him starting yeah. off um, with his dad and then into the We Amigos, working with Derek Ryan, stuff in Nashville, and lots of exciting stories that you know mm. I think a lot of people that even have they followed him for a long time will, will find something new out about him. So definitely, definitely a very yeah. interesting episode. I didn't realise he was part of the the We Amigos. I, I kind of stumbled yeah. across <laughs> him on YouTube on a YouTube <laughs> rabbit hole there a while ago, and it's like oh, that's a nice little. Uh, interesting act from days gone past and very yeah. well talking to one of them there <laughs> so that was fun um, but yeah that was it's a really good interview really hope you enjoyed it uh, hope you enjoy it and uh, without further ado as we say we'll get to the interview so we'll come back and talk to you after so we are joined by the wonderful Ben Troy Ben you're very welcome and thank you for joining us Tony, thank you very much for having me. Like I like it, we said before we recorded this. Um, this is my first time doing like a podcast format, so I'm very excited to see how it goes. Yeah, good. It's just, oh, it's well. more of a casual, laid back kind of conversation. It's not like a straight up interview. So you know, chill yeah. and talk about whatever you like, kind of thing. So for anybody that is listening in on the audio or watching us through our YouTube channel, and um, that may not have met you before, Ben, um, why don't you give a brief background of uh, of you and who they're listening and watching? Well, my name is Ben Troy. I have um, I've been touring and entertaining and singing since I was around ten years old. So um, I've been doing it for quite a long time now, almost half my life. Well, it's more than half my life, <laughs> but um, it's something I really enjoy doing. Um, I love singing. I love meeting new people and really, really itching to get back into that whole world um, once everything clears up, you know. But uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. And essentially, that's really who I am. Brilliant. And sort of take us back, if we start from the beginning, um, I believe, was it your dad that sort of initially got you into the sort of the music? Is that right? Yeah, well, whilst I was growing up and stuff, my father would always, he'd always teach me new songs. And I um, he taught me how to play the tin whistle, which I became an All-Ireland champion at, uh, I think it was eight years old. Wow. It was like a lifetime ago now. <laughs> but um, myself and daddy, we always used to go around, um, you know, like old folks' homes and nursing homes. And uh, I used to sing and everyone thought it was lovely and all this kind of crack, you know. Give you but, sweets um, for your words originals. Oh, yeah. The, and, and the two year, you know, just oh, put yeah. in the pocket. That's, that's, the, that's the good stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I could probably still do it doing it now, you know. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, so really, he really brought me into that world and um, I haven't really left it since, you know. And mm. Daddy taught me everything he knows through music and, yeah, I'm very grateful to him. And you did your first album around, was it about 13, 14? Uh, the first album we done, I was 11. Wow. Yeah, that, that, was, that was the very first one. And then we obviously added to that. Initially, it was only meant to be like 
a four track, so just like an, an EP or something. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of two years, it um it evolved into a, into a full album. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, how's that sort of eleven years old going into a recording studio and like what's going through your head? Totally, totally new. Like I remember, it was in Black Rock, I think it was in County Louth, just right beside Dundalk that we done it in. And my uncle was the sound engineer, like he was the the musical engineer or whatever, like you know. Mm. So it was it was familiar, whilst not being very familiar, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just something so different. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. But again, the the experience of that and the musicians coming in and playing and mm. just. You, you can't buy that kind of knowledge like you know it's yeah experience sorry but it was yeah really really good it gave you the, the bug for entertainment at, at that early age i'd say and it hasn't it hasn't left, hasn't left. you know it really hasn't left and what you know one of my favorite things to do even to this day is to record like you know to be yeah. be creative be expressive with with how we record and stuff and mm. yeah i that's what i've missed most of all about this whole you know staying indoors and not being able to to record and express me through mm. music that's the part of it i love as well I, I i'm a sound engineer myself i have my own little home studio here so i can kind of record myself the whole time but um yeah mm-hmm. as jody was saying a lot, of, a lot of singers don't like the studio part of it it's just the live part of it they like mm. and they they have to oh look we have to go in and record this song now and whatever but you like that that side of it obviously it's a big part of what you you enjoy about it i i prefer it you know i really yeah. do prefer it because Look, don't don't get me wrong. I absolutely love gigs. I love the energy. I love the adrenaline that you get whilst being on stage in front of however many people, whether it's ten people or ten thousand people. I yeah. I get the same buzz, like you know. But recording is a wee bit different for me because I love the different opinions on things, like you know. So say I have an idea, yeah. and then some somebody that I'm working with says, "Well, no, we'll replace that with this and see how it works." And that whole process to me is just, I love it. I really love it. And is it difficult? Because obviously you talk about people, different people's opinions and things like that. You obviously went into a band. Do we call the We Amigos a band? You know, <laughs> kind of, <Group> yeah. <laughs> band. Um, obviously, there's the three amazing singers there. How how did you start that? And you know, what what was that journey like? Um, it's it's actually really difficult to recall now because everything happened so fast. From I was kind of like twelve to fifteen or so. Mm. Um, but I think I'm almost certain that. It was it was like an award ceremony down in Limerick. I think mm. it all started, and myself and the other two boys were collecting individual awards or something. And next thing, someone had a great idea to put us all up on the stage at the same time, like you know. Mm. And I think the, the three amigos, um, Robert Mazel, Patrick Feeney, and Jimmy Buckley, were there that night, and it just kind of became like a parody kind of thing, you know. Mm. But it but it stuck, you know. Yeah. It's stuck, and you know it was. Great years, like you know, great years, and I look back very fondly on them. Mm, I didn't realize you're part of that now. How how long did that go on for the the We Amigos? It's like two years, I think. Two years. Eighteen months, two years, yeah. Oh. oh, you need to get on YouTube and watch those videos. There's some brilliant music oh, videos, yeah. singles. Yeah, I've seen them actually. I didn't I didn't realize you were part of it. So that's that's news to me. As we no, we learn things as we chat. It's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that that seems like forever ago. Like you know, but um, yeah. No, like I said, great memories and. Look back very fondly on them. Yeah. And um, you're probably, correct me if I'm wrong, probably your most successful album would be the Gravity album, mm-hmm. um, which obviously was kind of, was that in the middle of you being on tour with Derek? Uh, yeah, well, we started um, touring with Derek in, I think, February or March 2017. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
I'm all about looking back on the Wee Migos years with great fondness. Them years are even, you know, even better. Like, you know, geez, I'll never forget them. Like, but in the middle of all, you know, touring with Derek and doing all the big shows, like thousands of people every week and stuff like that, um, we we recorded an, an album in Nashville, which um, was a dream come true for me. Um, because, look, I'm obviously... Irish country music is great and I like it now, but American country music, like the real hardcore stuff is what I was grow, grew up on. And mm-hmm. to go to Nashville and to go to, you know, Music Row and Soundstage Studios where Gareth Brooks recorded, where George Strait recorded, George Jones, yeah, yeah. all them, all my heroes, like, you know, it was just, mm-hmm. just an out-of-body experience for a long time. And, you know, the album is probably been my most, I'm probably most proud of that. My, my proudest achievement, shall I say, um, of anything that I've done. This is actually a recurrent team. I, I find a lot of the, I suppose, the singers that we're talking to, uh, especially like the younger generation singers, draw all into the American country, like like myself as well. I'm into Johnny mm-hmm. Cash, Willie Nelson, William Jennings, all that stuff as well. And so American is, I think American country might make a bit of a comeback in Ireland in the next few years, hopefully. By going Seems by, to be the younger ones like yeah, it a lot. Yeah, going by what we've been, what we've seen in the last few weeks, mm-hmm. talking to different people. But um, I was listening. You know, I I know my my own experience. Um, look, like, like I said, I, I was brought up on American country music. Like my father loved Glenn Campbell and the likes of Johnny Cash and stuff like that. Now, to be honest, my it, that would always be my preference to listen to Johnny Cash and stuff like that. And to be like, I visited his grave whilst I was over there. I met his son. I met his sister. All that kind of stuff, wow. you know. Oh yeah. But um, great great experiences and. Yeah, like I said, that would always be my preference rather than the Irish stuff. But don't get me wrong, the Irish stuff is still great too. Oh, yeah, of course. And how did they take to you over there and sort of going in, you know, this wee Irish boy going into a studio and, you know, tackling some big songs as well as obviously you had original songs on there, but you had some really big country classics on there too. Oh, for sure. And whatever about being in a studio here in Ireland, like, like you know, the familiarity with you know, my uncle being the, the producer and my mother and father always around the recording process and stuff. Going over to Nashville was a totally different kettle of fish. You know, you're you're in a studio with Grammy winning, you know, music producers and musicians and like just an, a world of knowledge is put on you so quickly and you're just like a sponge. You just mm. take everything in and God, I need to do another album in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> was it not overwhelming it though? Um, I wouldn't say overwhelming. I, I for one, like I wouldn't, like I've, I don't think I've ever been nervous in my life and stuff like that. But going into that, yeah, you always have it in the back of your head. What if they don't like my voice? So what if, you know, I play a wrong chord on the guitar or something like that, you know? But um, totally amazing. Like anybody who, you know, either has the money or the ambition to do it, definitely, definitely do it. Because like I said, it is my proudest achievement. Mm. And while you were in Nashville, did you get a chance to go anywhere near the uh, the Grand Ole Opry or anywhere like that? The first time I went to Nashville, I actually sang on the Grand Ole Opry. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was um, was it 2016? Um, I've a bit of a story like this. You know, oh, it might take a couple of minutes to tell, That's but um, no <laughs> when we um, <laughs> when we went we went over first in 2016, so I would have been what. It was no 2015, sorry. So I was 18, about to turn 18. Um, I was going over with um, the Keeper Country Crew, you know, Spotlight TV and stuff. Yeah. 
um, they were we went downtown because the George Jones Museum was only after recently opening I think the weekend before we were there and we went downtown to um, to interview Nancy Jones which is George Jones's wife obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, done the interview and I was I thought I was class you know I was wearing my Johnny Cash t-shirt and stuff <laughs> like that and I'm in the home of country music I was loving life and after the interview Nancy says or oh, Whoever was interviewing her, I forget now. I think it was Lisa Stanley. Yeah, it was Lisa Stanley that was mm-hmm. interviewing her. And um, she says, oh, this this young fella sings. And Nancy turns to me and says, do you sing any any cash? And I said, well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I love Johnny Cash. And she goes, do you sing any Jones? And I said, oh, absolutely. And she said, would you like to sing some Jones for me? And I was like, uh, yeah, definitely. No pressure. It's a tall order. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so we we she brought us up to um to the the rooftop bar in Nashville, massive massive museum. I think there's like four four stories to it, and we went up and there was a band there. And because I was obviously under twenty one, all the barmaids ran over and said, "No, no, no, he can't be here. He can't be here." Um, and Nancy was like, "No, no, go away." <laughs> and um, this boy can sing. Leave she- him alone. <laughs> <laughs> And she sat us down right beside the band. And there was maybe three or 400 people in, in the bar, like, you know, it was jammed. And um, she said to the singer, look, get this lad up and sing. And we started, um, I think we'd done like Folsom Prison Blues or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something along, the, it was definitely a Johnny Cash song first. And then I sang um, The Race Is On, George Stone's classic. Nice, yeah. And then she asked me if I knew he stopped loving her today. Oh, yeah. And I said, I was a wee bit wary of the song because I didn't, I wouldn't have known it as, as much as the other two songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I tried it anyway. And, you know, she recorded it on her phone and she was right beside me with the phone up, up wow. really into my face and stuff. <laughs> and we were due to, we were due to go to the Grand Ole Opry the next night. Um, just in the audience, like, you know, mm-hmm. and we... We arrived there, Annie, and then I got a text from a guy called Wayne Chandler, or Phil Phil, McGl- Phil Mackey got a text from a guy called Wayne Chandler, said, um, would you like to come backstage, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no problem, happy days. And uh, they basically said to me, look, you have five minutes. Sing what you can. And I was like, what? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> and um, I sang He Stopped Loving Her Today, and yeah, it was really so special, so, so special. And it was funny because that night... Um, that night, there was the likes of uh, Trace Adkins there. That was um, there was loads, loads of big, big profile, high profile acts. Yeah. But we went back the night after. No, it was two nights after. And who was on the Grand Ole Opry? Only Gareth Brooks. I was like, oh Jesus, why couldn't I? you know? I was like, Jesus, why couldn't I? Two days later. But again, so so special, yeah. and I'm not going to forget that anytime soon. You didn't pull a Johnny Cash and start kicking all the lights on the stage and stuff. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, go no. That far. <laughs> I was going to do the Gareth Brooks and smash the guitar on the <laughs> on the drum set. And <laughs> oh, I mean that that takes some beating that sort of memory, and um, yeah, obviously it was a different time you went to Nashville obviously to do the album, and um, we mm-hmm. have had a lot of questions in in about the album, but um, mainly it was around how the songs were chosen for you for the album obviously it was Derek I think that wrote is it four songs on the album four or five yeah 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 so how, how did um how did that come about what's that process of you know does he do bring you up and go I've got this song or are you part of it well we, we were all really part of it like you know there was maybe three or four involved in the process whether it was the producer over here or the producer over there 
and myself and Derek, obviously. But um, he, like everyone knows, Derek is a phenomenal songwriter, mm. and he had he had songs that he wrote ten years ago and stuff that he said, "Look, I think this really suits you." And if I liked it, we say, "Yeah, let's let's see how it goes." And if I didn't, I'd say, "You know, let's let's see if we can find another one." And I just say no to Derek Ryan. Like he's just like, "No, nah, that's well, not good enough, Derek. <laughs> try again." <laughs> well, maybe not good enough, like you know, but um, but definitely, you know. Some songs would suit me, and some it's like any other singer. Like, you know, some mm. if I wrote him a song, like he would definitely say, Ben, that's you know, I'm not going to do that. Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, we we rattled down to four original songs, and I, I loved them. Like, you know, mm. whilst I was touring with him, like, you know, the knowledge that he has and the knowledge he gave me about songwriting and stuff like that, and little little tricks to do, like, he, he could send me Ba Ba Black Sheep with a verse and I'd be like that's unreal like you know <laughs> so he, he wasn't told no very often like you know no. but we settled on four songs and we were like right that's great and we named the album Gravity obviously mm. then the rest of the songs the rest of the songs were kind of mine they were kind of my picks well 80% of them were because like I said I'm a real country boy I love the likes of Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain mm. you know He Stopped Loving Her Today all them kind of things and if there was ever an album going to be recorded in Nashville by me, them songs had to be involved. Like, mm. Very cool. Because I actually, I listened to it as well and the sound production is slick. It's, uh, you could tell, yeah. you could tell there's some experts behind, behind it, you know, it's very, very, it'd be hard to top now if you want to be recording in Ireland, you know, it's going to be hard to top that sound, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, well, well, possibly now, but like even when we were all sitting down, I think with Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain that we were recording, them boys could literally do that with their eyes closed. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just so flawless and yeah. totally effortless. I was just in total awe. And then little old me has to rock up to a microphone and start singing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh God, what am I doing? You get the real um, kind of imposter yeah, no, syndrome, I said. Yeah, like, you know, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, well, I get I get that at the best of times anyway, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, no, totally. Like, do I belong here and stuff like that, you know. But yeah, like like you say, the, produ- the production value on that was nothing got to do with me. But absolutely blew, blew me away. Mm. And you're a, a multi-instrumentalist as well, I hear. Do you, you play a guitar? Do you play anything else as well? Um, I play the guitar. I play the piano. I play the bass um, a little bit of the mandolin, tin whistle. Um, yeah, yeah th- th- there's a few. There's a few. <laughs> fair play. Fair play. It's good, it's good to have your, your, your fingers in a few pies that way. You're, you know, to have that, uh, uh, what would you say? Words escape me. <laughs> have the possibilities <laughs> yeah. of making all this different music on different instruments. It's, it's a good thing to have. No, totally. Because I, I love the process. I love the learning process. Um, I've been playing the guitar what fourteen years now, mm. and the kind of the fire that you would have had back then, it kind of it, it it dims, you know. Yeah. Mm. Like obviously, you know, the, the whole process of learning a song isn't, you know, it, it becomes a lot easier once you've been playing it so long. Yeah. So that's why, like, funny enough, I actually ordered a saxophone like last week. Oh yeah. Nice. Wow. So I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going to sit down and learn the saxophone. That might take me a year or whatever to, to learn it properly. Probably, probably more. But uh, yeah, to... I play a lot, but I'm the, I'm the master of none. Like. Yeah. You'd have to do Careless Whisper, you know, the, the Wham song. You'd have to learn that. Careless Whisper, Baker Street, Baker that's Street. all. That's oh, the yeah. only reason, that's the only reason why I bought it. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> um, and obviously you've toured all over, it seems. Um, what, What's it like touring and sort of being away from home, being so young and being away from home and sort of, I guess, growing up on on the road, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, especially when, especially during the Derek Ryan years and stuff, where you know you'd be on, you'd be on tour for two weeks. Like you'd be literally leaving on on a Wednesday morning and not coming back for two weeks. Mm. Like you know, that you you grow up very quickly when you do that. You know, um, but again, it, that that whole experience of you know touring with twelve or thirteen people, learning everybody's ego because everybody has an ego mm. on the road. Everybody. Um, learn what might annoy somebody or what you know might get a laugh out of somebody you know it, it's all it's all part of that process and phenomenal absolutely like I know I'm, I'm saying these these words so often like, but genuinely I, I would love to do all that kind of stuff again and when all this when all this crack is finished with the, with the Rona and stuff we have to get back to doing it because I I miss it so much. How are you taken by all the um, Derek fans? Because Derek fans are quite hardcore. Some of them are, you know, they Derek through and through. How how was it sort of stepping out in front of so many people? It was great, um, but again, it seems it seems so long ago now. But mm. especially especially like the fans over in I hate using that word fans, like you know, but um, like the people over in. England and stuff in Scotland, mm. like they were just going crazy for him, like you know. Mm. And I, I remember um, Sean Core, who's Derek's road manager. Yeah. Um, I became very friendly with Sean. He he collected me some. I think it was Newry or something. And we were going down to I think it was Clare. So he collect, he picked me up in the van and stuff like with the big Derek Brian writing on yeah. the side. And I think we were going through some some wee town in Roscommon or Westmeath or somewhere. And people were there taking pictures with the, with the, with the van and stuff like yeah. driving past. And and a lot I seen on Twitter later on, and there was just little old me looking out the window, like you know, <laughs> it, was, it was funny. But um, yeah, no people people love him. They'd be like, get out of the shot, will you? Get your head down. <laughs> <laughs> I think I last. Yeah. I last saw you, I think you were in over here in Market Drayton, I think it was. And mm-hmm. I always remember that um, you had more people crowding around you after the gig. There was a lot of the old <laughs> biddies. Don't mean to offend anyone by saying that, but all the old biddies oh. were crowding around you. <laughs> and um, I remember Derek was just sort of stood there watching you, just getting all that attention from the, <laughs> like, that little sweet blue eyed boy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, <laughs> I'm sure they all went to him first, though. That's the thing. Um, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know my mom. My mom's got a very good picture with you, actually, and she treasured it. She was very excited that you were coming on. So say hi, mom. <laughs> oh, definitely say uh, hello to her. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, Jesus, that's. But like I said, you know, the touring and, and the whole aspect of it. You know, rocking up to a gig four hours before it starts, and mm. you know, my, my like you're gonna laugh. My favorite thing about live shows and gigging and stuff like that is is the sound check. Yeah. Funnily enough, if that's check. my that's my favorite thing because there is no like there's there's no rules, you know, like you could literally like my sound check song during them them tours and stuff was in the air tonight with Phil Collins, like you know. Ah, nice. No no sign of country at all. Like, you know. Yeah. And it was just with with a fantastic band and stuff like that. It was just, you know, that that'd be my favorite aspect of it you know like the sound check but um obviously when when the people come in the, the adrenaline starts to, to rush then yeah and say for instance you mentioned now you're doing a different a different song in, in sound check than country but is there any i suppose if you were to record a song and you didn't have to do country and you want any I suppose any genre that you would like uh just for fun just for yourself let's say what would you what kind of song would you do well i i'm a big rock head like you know like genuinely i've i've grown up with 
the likes of Bon Jovi, the Eagles, Guns N' Roses, Metallica. Well, maybe not so Metallica, like, you know, but White Snake and yeah, you know, Metallica's Copper's kind of favourite band. He's had me listening to Metallica this week. He's a yeah. real metalhead. Yeah. But I love all that kind of stuff. I went to see Metallica in Slain ah, two years ago. Two years ago. I was there as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. We could have bumped into Jerry and never thing, like, I just. <laughs> Well, there was that many people there. Like, you know, I don't know. 80,000 people or something. Well, here, Ben, you, you can back Copper up maybe with this. Copper's only been to one of the um, social dances. I think you went to see Stuart Moyles, wasn't That's it? Right. Yeah, yeah. And he said he felt safer in a Metallica mosh pit than on the dance floor of people jiving. <laughs> Would you <Jesus>. agree? <laughs> Well, well, I'm not much of a dancer now myself, so I, I can't really, I can't say anything about jiving and stuff like. But um, I have seen absolute mayhem on the dance floor. All right, yeah. yeah they're hardcore with it. If you're going the wrong direction or anything like that, you do get elbowed and kicked out of the way. Yeah. Well, but the mosh pit, you know, and stuff like the Metallica concerts, like that, would be a totally different, different animal altogether. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I when I went to I went to Guns N' Roses the year before, um, or the year after, I, years of rolling into one, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But um, but people were just they were jumping on top of each other, like you know, like especially down around the front, people climbing over each other to get because I, I don't think Axel Rose was, no, it wasn't. It was your man from um. Axel Rose wasn't part of Guns N' Roses at that stage. He, he wasn't on that concert, I don't think. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Oh, I don't know. You're thinking of um, Slash, maybe, and you had, had a different singer, Miles Kennedy singing? Maybe. No, 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 no. This is what it was. I went to see ACDC ah. um, three or four years ago, and Axel Rose was, was the lead singer of ACDC yeah, at that stage. Yeah. 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 That would have been cool. So to you see. don't get people climbing over to get to you then, Ben, when you're on stage? <laughs> no, de- definitely not. No. no. But going back to the original question, if I was to record any kind of song, it's it's difficult to say like you know like i said i am i am a rockhead i do like even like modern pop music like yeah. you know um your most recent of, single's quite poppy isn't it i know it's originally a country song but it's it's got more of a mm-hmm. pop feel yeah well that genuinely is the direction that we're going to go uh, from now you know just to you know to, to visit different avenues and stuff you know i've always like i said rockhead love modern rock classic rock you know yeah uh, the eagles are my favorite band of all time you know i i adore them mm. um but even going forward into the modern pop world and stuff there's some great music out there mm. and i'm just kind of exploring how my voice would fit in more modern music whilst also having a slight foot in the country you know what i mean mm. Mm. would you have that rock voice would you be able to get it belted out <laughs> Well, one of the one of the, the songs we do in our set, well, used to there's no there's no sets anymore, <laughs> but um, uh, was was run to you by Brian Adams. Oh yeah, and okay. obviously Brian Adams has a phenomenal voice. Like, and I'm not ten percent of the singer that Brian Adams is, <laughs> but I loved singing that, and you know, to get that little bit of a, a raspy yes. voice that yeah. sometimes I didn't even know that I had, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's totally different. I that's that that would be my kind of music, you know. Hmm. and we've uh, had an insane amount of fan questions going you don't like that word um literally the inbox was blowing up when we you know said that you were coming on to uh, the podcast so um big thanks to everybody that sent in your questions um for ben i'm sorry if we don't get through them all um but and, and i've picked the uh 
the clean ones, shall we say, because <laughs> there was uh, yeah. a lot of dodgy questions as we spoke about the other day, Ben. Um, <laughs> but um, first up, um, Geraldine Shields, who um, first of all says that she really misses you at the, is it the old coach in, I think, that you used to do um, mm-hmm. gigs that. So she really misses yep. you there. Um, but she's asked, what's been your favorite gig that you've ever performed at? It's going to be the Grand Old Opry now, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, well, that actually kind of evaded me there for a second. Yeah, that's definitely up there. But, you know, I reckon the country-to-country gig that we'd done, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that we'd done three years ago, mm-hmm. um, there's a, there's another story behind that, but maybe that's for another day, like, you know, but... I know, you can um, throw it in. <laughs> well, Louis Walsh had, came, had come to see us that night, and... Mm-hmm when you're talking about adrenaline and stuff like I was like this is it like you know this is this Louis Walsh like we have to impress him mm. that was probably the best gig I've ever done um thousands and thousands of people there unbelievable I, I would yeah that's that's probably number one spot maybe the Grand Ole Opry number two like you know but um <laughs> just, just just what was on the line the sheer adrenaline of it yeah I think that's that's top spot and did Louis like it he did he did yeah um, yeah, there's, there's a story that I, I could literally tell for like a half an hour or so, but um, shortened down, we, myself and my father, done a, we done a spot on um, Nationwide here in Ireland on RTE, and Louis had seen it, and he had contacted um, a guy called Eddie Rowley, who is, the, he's an editor for the, the Sunday World, Sunday World newspaper, yeah. yeah, and Eddie is an absolute gentleman, he's such a, such a lovely man. And he, he rang me up and he said, uh, Ben, look, well, well done on the on the nationwide thing. Um, Louis Walsh wants your number. Will I pass it on? And I was like, uh, you're, <laughs> Let you're, me think about that. <laughs> yeah, but you're, I actually thought I was being like messed around with like, and I was like, seriously? And he was like, yeah, no, he, he wants he wants your number. He's going to give you a call. He, he's seen you on nationwide and he, he wants to talk to you. And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> why are you still talking? Like, give it to him. Uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, and, and he never calls, like he never called. Uh, and th- this was in this was in January and the country, the country was in March. I've kind of ruined the story, but you know what I mean? But um, yeah, he never called, he never called. And I always had it in the back of my head, probably wishful thinking that um, that he was going to come to the three arena that night because he lived in Dublin and it was only around the corner from him. And I was telling my mother and father, you know, he's coming, he's coming. Like, I'm telling you, he's coming. And, um, just for you, that them, was it. <laughs> Yeah, but the boys in the band then they were like, "Oh no, yeah, no, like, not believing me at all." Like, like, like obviously they knew that Eddie Eddie wouldn't mess mess us around and stuff like that. Mm. But um, I think we were we were the last on before the the big act. I think it was Casey Musgraves that was on that night, and I was really looking forward to seeing Ka- Casey because I would happily marry that woman. Like, I think she's beautiful. <laughs> but um, but we our slot was at like five past nine to like half nine. Mm. Louis, Louis literally strolled in nine o'clock, you know, came into the green room and I was like, oh my God, I told you. I was going to cuss there, but I better not. I told you. And then we'd we done the gig. He came down. I got a picture with him and stuff. And he said, what time are you starting at? And I said, well, we're actually running a wee bit late now. And he said, oh no, I'll come down, I'll come down. And he, he stood beside the stage, watched the whole, the, the whole gig. And as soon as we finished, and it was very funny because after, you know, you'd have a few people coming up wanting to take a picture or say hello or whatever. He actually queued up. He actually queued. And to see everyone you. was around him. And I was like, what? 
Yeah, yeah, like literally, and he, he joined the queue, and like, never there wasn't loads of people there, there might have been 15 or 20 people, but he, he stood in the queue, and everyone was taking pictures with him, and you know, all that kind of crack, and then he, he came to the front of the queue, and I was like, hello. Say, hello, I'm Louis Walsh. <laughs> yeah, can I take a picture with you? <laughs> you know, that, 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 that's how I... Um, and he said, "I, whenever you're finished, come back up to the green room and we'll have a drink and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk. And I, I finished taking pictures with everybody and I, I missed the Casey Musgraves um, concert, but I didn't really care, to be honest. And Sorry, we just Casey. sat down. We, yeah, we sat down from maybe a quarter to ten and we didn't leave until like two o'clock. You know, like there was 12, 15 people in the room, like, you know, just all mm-hmm. listening to stories and there was a, but as well, there was a, there was a slot open for somebody to support Shania Twain mm. when she came to the three arena, I think it was that September. Yeah. And um, he was like, look, leave it with me, leave it with me. And my name, got, my name was brought up um, in the meetings for, you know, Shania or whatever. And mm. obviously it didn't happen because that definitely would be number one. That'd be the best gig I've ever done. Like, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the brief story behind Louis Walsh and, yeah, so that's that. That'd be why that that one night would be my favorite gig. Mm. And Louis, if you're listening now, give him a call. He's still waiting for that call. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he, he he's rang me since. Oh, he's okay, right, me since, don't worry. <laughs> he's quite a big country fan, actually, isn't he? Because I know when he did like Islands Got Talent and things, he really looked after um, Christopher King who was one of the golden buzzers on there, obviously going on as a country singer. And uh, I know he's done a lot for him as well. So he is actually a really big country fan. Whereas obviously, you know, he'd normally do yeah, well, that night that we, that night that we met him and um, he was, he was saying that he used to, he was saying that he, uh, he was booking gigs years and years ago for, for country bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously he, he had a history with, with Michael English as well. He managed him for years and years. Um, so, yeah, no, he's a big country fan. And he was saying, look, I, I love the likes of Glenn Campbell and stuff like that. And th- there was just, we just clicked like that. And the conversation was off then, you know. Yeah. Mm. Just, yeah. Re- really nice fella. Really nice guy. We're making lower emission vehicles our priority. Reusable packaging, our priority. And carbon capture research to offset emissions, our priority. Because Earth is our priority. At FedEx, we know sustainability means a lot to you. And we feel the same way. Our goal is to be carbon neutral by 2040. We call it Priority Earth. FedEx, where now meets next. Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. And uh, we've also got um, a question in. The same question came from Anne Cannon and Jill Cosby. So hi, Anne and Jill. Um, They want to know, obviously, we're in lockdown at the moment, but what are your future plans for touring? It's it's so up in the air at the minute that, you know... you probably find it hard to, for anybody to answer that question. It, over, over in the UK and stuff, things seem to be, they, they have light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. But here, here, look, I'm not going to get into politics and stuff like that, but yeah. they just wouldn't wouldn't be as competent as the British government, like, you know. Mm. But I, I, hopefully, 
hopefully I, we'll have gigs in the UK this year. I, I wouldn't imagine there'll be any in Ireland this year. Mm. Um, but who knows? But once, let me guarantee you, once everything opens up again, It'll be crazy. Just We're say yes to every like, gig. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to take anything for granted ever again. If yes. if someone wants me to to play at a, you know, at a child's birthday party, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, That's yeah. all I'm saying. Never say no ever again. They go get the bookings in now for the birthdays. <laughs> yeah. Or even and, if and someone I can tie says, balloons as well, so it's all good. Yeah. Even if someone says he's just come down to the to the pub for a pint, and yeah, absolutely, go 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 go. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to say no to that ever yeah. again either. <laughs> definitely not. But no, you should definitely get on. There's so many gigs over here. Um, it's it's kind of insane. The day that we're recording this, actually, obviously, it's not going to go out for a couple of weeks, but we actually open back up tomorrow. So it's so exciting. Like, it feels like it's Christmas Eve that we open back up tomorrow. And I think the first gig's in about five weeks, which is insane. Probably when this goes do out, the pubs open? Do the pubs open up there, do they? So we're opening the beer gardens tomorrow. Like we are, like I'm doing it myself. Um, <laughs> we're doing beer gardens are open from tomorrow, and then the 12th of April, um, the pubs and everything are open. And uh, yeah, I think live gigs start mm. in May. And is that the same with Northern Ireland? Is it? Because I'm totally clueless on this subject. No, I don't believe so. I know Scotland's opening before before England, so I think Scotland might be open already. And I know Wales is open. Um, because I think um, like Gary Gamble has got a whole load of a, a tour starting in a couple of weeks in Scotland. Um, mm. But I think Northern Ireland opens up about June time, something like that. Somebody okay. will correct so, me in the comments of this now and tell me I've got that all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, look, you definitely know a lot more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Only over here. Cause I go, I'm literally booked for every gig, which is really, really Cool. but yeah you should come over here we've got festivals all summer and I think that's what people are focusing on now because they're outdoors I think you can get away with more can't you at a festival yeah I think so but even looking at you know New Zealand and Australia and stuff like that like they're having festivals of a hundred thousand people and stuff like I am so jealous like I I love Keith Orban I think he's, he's probably one of my favorite country acts and he, he's doing he's after doing something like 30 nights just in in his own little corner of Australia or something like that. It's crazy. And I follow him on Instagram, and obviously, like he every night, different different crowds. And I'm like, I'm so jealous. Like, so Can you jealous. not get a pass to travel for work? Get booked on. <laughs> I, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't look it up. <laughs> that I didn't look it up to see see what would happen. Like, but um. Yeah, no, it was crazy money to go over there, like, you know, and then to quarantine for like two weeks or three weeks or something mm. like that. Like, I'd be driven crazy in a hotel room, to be honest. Yeah, no, you'll have to come over here. That's a thing everyone's doing. I think Nathan Carter's just done a whole UK tour. It's been, it would have been announced by the time this comes out. But yeah, he's just everything. As you say, nothing's happening in Ireland this year, sadly. Yeah, nothing. Like, I, I'd be very surprised if the restaurants, well, Possibly in the height of summer and stuff when the, yeah. when the cases go down. But yeah, no, d probably. with the vaccines and stuff, I, I can't see anything happening here unless everyone gets vaccinated. It's mm. probably like last summer where things kind of did slightly open up again and we're able to go out and have a dinner and have a pint or whatever. But then, yeah, Christmas time came and yeah. just hit the fan again. <laughs> Christmas time came and then there was 10,000 cases yeah. a day. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, we're going to be here forever. Yeah, I think I managed to sneak over in September, I think it was, and managed to go to, I think, Robert Mazel and Jerry Guthrie were doing a couple of things. I managed to sneak into those, but people weren't happy that I'd, like, I, I went 
like anybody listening, I went completely correctly and did everything that I had to do to travel. But um, it's been a long time since I've been over. It's quite sad. Yeah. Well, I actually um, got a, a booking for, I actually got a booking for um, July in Nottingham. Okay. Um, and I'm praying to God that it, that it goes ahead, like, you know. But um, What's it for I, in Nottingham? Is it a... Um, it's a film act show. It's a film act weekend that oh, okay. I've done since I was 14 and um, just love doing them. Absolutely love doing them. And like I said, I'm praying that, that it goes ahead because it's been, was it last week? That it's been one year since I've done a gig. Yeah. So, and for somebody that, for somebody that has been doing it for, since they were 10, 11, like, you know, it's totally, totally new. And I didn't finish school either. So, Job opportunities, you know, right, yeah. fairly slim. But thankfully, look, I, I've 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 a job on the, on the go now. So without that, I'm, I'm very I'm very grateful to have it. But mm. you know, definitely, definitely want to get back at gigs. Do you worry you won't remember what to do when you get out on the stage again? I'm worried I'll be doing too much. <laughs> Just all that built I worry, up. I worry I'll go the other way. Yeah, yeah. I worry. Be like you a know, rock star. You only have a half an hour. You'd be... <laughs> if you o- yeah. o- uber rock star up on, instead of a you know taking it easy <laughs> i told you i'll be i'll be crowd surfing and crowd surfing and <laughs> moshing <laughs> um so i'm gonna yeah, do one I, more, I can't wait i'm gonna do one more fan question um leslie adamson has said um she saw you many a time obviously with derek and during that um you did a lot of duets with derek but who would be your dream duet to do a song with um Within like a country bracket or just anybody? Um, do both. Do country and just anybody. Country, definitely, definitely Vince Gill. Yeah, amazing. One thousand percent. I I've met him on a couple of occasions and I like I've never been starstruck. When I seen Vince Gill, I couldn't speak. I literally couldn't <laughs> talk. Um, he, he stuck the tongue thumbs up at me and I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, I, I just I, I was like, this is unreal, like. And then, and then he brought us in. It was, that was the same night at the Grand Ole Opry. He was there that night too. Um, and he brought so us into his dress. you in front of Vince Well, he, he may or may not have heard me. I, I can't, I, I can't I speak for him Just go with it. There, just but, say, um, yes, I sung in front of Vince yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, He was yeah, clapping away. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's definitely Vince Gill. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, he's definitely, within the country bracket, yeah. Then, whew. I suppose like you could probably make a case for Don Henley like you know like the Eagles definitely have a country twang about them especially oh, the rarely stuff yeah you could definitely I would say Don Henley or more modern wise I'd say John Mayer John Mayer yeah yeah John Mayer is I I love him I absolutely love him yeah he's, very he's, he's just so, well. so slick he's so cool like you know he is one of the coolest MFs living right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I love him um, so at this point of the podcast, we um, hand over to Copper and we have Copper's Corner, yes. so which um, Copper's always Corner. sounds like he's going to read us a little story or something, doesn't it? I still think I'm going to get <laughs> your pipe just to sit there and yes. just oh, be very important. Never think about that. I must get a pipe. Yeah. Just, yeah. But um, yes, yeah, so this Copper's Corner, <laughs> I just ask a few kind of random questions. Um, I don't know if you've listened to it before or anything like that, but basically the first question <laughs> I generally ask is, um, what was the first CD? Uh, that you ever bought? Oh, you're going to laugh. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> the first CD I ever bought myself with my own money was actually Jedward. 
Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's so embarrassing. Um, that's it's all. But um, it was actually because because my sister because well because my sister loved them and she loved them on the X Factor and stuff like that. So I was kind of like, well, let's give this a listen. Like you know, and I've seen a lot of like covers of Blink One Eighty Two and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like all the small things and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, right, let's. Looking at the back of it, it was an extra vision of one of them blockbuster. I don't know, maybe I'm too young for blockbuster, but um, and it was like extra vision. And then I was reading like the, the CD stuff on, on the back, and I was like, I know that song, I know that song. Right, I'm just gonna buy it. And yeah, Jedward, yeah. Jesus, yeah. Have you managed to meet them? No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> I actually walked walked past them on the street in Dublin one time. I was just crossing the road, and these two fellas in hoods. They were like keeping low profile, but I seen these two faces look very similar. It's like, all right, lads. <laughs> what past me? You know, just <laughs> as you will. But didn't they yeah. um, shave off their quiffs for uh, charity? Yeah, they did recently? it for cancer this week, didn't they? Yeah. Fair play to them. I think I've seen that on TikTok or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They somebody, I think somebody said they raised something like four and a half million for wow. shaving them off. Jesus. That's good going. Right. We have to do that right. with you, Copper. <laughs> Shave your head for. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I've done it for free. I've done it for nothing. <laughs> the whole of lockdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, my next question, if we're out having a, a few pints and we're having a, went into a karaoke bar, let's say, and we handed you the microphone and Ben, sing us a song. What would be the first song you sing? Well, my, um, my, my karaoke song was Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra. Nice. Okay. Wow. Or Blue Eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, I think I, I went to Magaluf one time with a, with a couple of friends, like, and there was there was a there was a karaoke bar there, and the, the bar was jammed, like honestly wedged. And obviously, I went up and we because I was probably had too many drinks, like you know, because <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't I wouldn't even want to, like especially on a night out and stuff. If somebody asked me to sing, I'm like, oh please, no, like you know. <laughs> but um, I got up Annie and I sang. Like I like I always do, fly me to the moon. And um, someone came over to me uh, and said, "You can't do that. You you can't sing on karaoke. You're good." And I'm like, ah. "Is that not the point?" No. <laughs> <laughs> Only and if then, you're bad, um, can you ask to ask? BS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that's that's my song there. And if there was another one, um, it'll probably be still Frank Sinatra. Probably be my my way. Is there any video footage oh. of these uh, recordings? I don't think so. Um, we could have inserted it there. I, that and if there really is, good. it would definitely want to be deleted straight away because it definitely want to be deleted straight away because I can guarantee you, if I am singing on karaoke, I am drunk. So. <laughs> Might be a bit rough. <laughs> oh, that's fair, fair, fair enough. And um, actually, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to start asking this question to guitarists now because, you know, you play guitar. But what was the first guitar that you ever, or sorry, what was the first song you ever learned on guitar? Um, people are going to say, what kind of music does this fellow listen to? Like going, going from Vince Gill to, you know, <laughs> um, to this. But my the first song I ever learned was um, Every Rose Has Has Its Torn by Poison. Yeah. Wow. Nice. And um, yeah, Glam rock I, it was there. just a YouTube a YouTube tutorial and it was just like the drop the drop C into the D or into the G and it's just like it it sounds more difficult than it really is yeah. just like anything on the guitar like it sounds a lot more difficult than it is um but yeah that that would have been the first one and then 
after that, sure. I, haven't, I really haven't a clue. Yeah, yeah. You that's, that's, Everyone's that's answer seems to be country roads, doesn't it? Everyone says that they first learnt country roads on the guitar. That seems to be a standard answer. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, possibly. That, that was I learned Twinkle two. Twinkle on the guitar. That was the first thing I ever learned. <laughs> Do you know what? My, Joe, you're going to love this then. My first one I ever learned was uh, Love Me Tender by uh, Elvis. Oh, Elvis Presley. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was back when I was 11, 10, 11 or something like that. Long, long time ago. Same as yourself. Before uh, ben, ben was even born. It's a very, in, very intricate song there with a lot of minors. Yeah, exactly. So Start off well, I suppose. <laughs> but um, what was the last gig that you went to that you actually yeah, bought yeah. a ticket to and went to see? Oh, um, I went to, well, I went to see John Mayer in Dublin in October, the October before the lockdown. Yeah. Um, I went to see the Eagles in the July as oh, well. So yeah. th- them them two gigs alone made my year, you know. And be- before I went to John Mayer, I I liked some of his songs. Yeah. Um always thought he was a phenomenal musician as he is, phenomenal songwriter, just a phenomenal, you know. And he is such a big ego, but he just he uses it so well, like, you know. He has that kind of sociopathic kind of you know narcissistic thing that just <laughs> clicks like you know yeah. and he uses it but um yeah w- once i came back from that gig like i literally went to that gig wanting to hear gravity neon slow dancing in the boring room and then once i came back from that gig i was like yeah i'm just gonna listen to this lad for six months like yeah. and so i did so i know slow dance in the burning room i actually i learned on guitar one time to play it with a mate of mine it's Really, he's he's such a good guitarist. Like whatever about singing, but the guitar work is it's monumentous. It's very, oh, very phenomenal. Good. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. And his his melodies and stuff, because you know you could be playing in in a certain key or whatever, and he'd just go into some wacky, and he'd be kind of half playing in a different key whilst mm. you know always mm. keeping a few notes. Like it was just, especially that gig, and the band were phenomenal. Yeah. Like whatever about him, the band were amazing. Totally amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just adore that man so much. I see. And tell me, outside of music, obviously you're a musician, so music kind of consumes a lot of your time, as it does myself as well. Mm-hmm. But what kind of passions would you have outside of music? What kind of hobbies or interests would you have? Um, well, I am a huge Man United fan. Um, don't hold that against me. Um, but... You know, absolutely massive United fan. Um, not doing too well at the minute. Well, we're doing okay, I suppose. Um, better than recent seasons. But yeah, like it's literally music, Man United, everything else, you know? Yeah. And your dog, your dog's in there somewhere. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, we're family and stuff as well. Yeah, but yeah, my, my two dogs and driving me crazy at the minute. Like, but uh, yeah, yeah. My, my, my wee dog, Daisy, she's in, she's in heat. Right. And and my my other dog, um, he's <laughs> he's going absolutely buck wild to get her, and he's not going near her. Like you know, and she, he's driving everybody in the house crazy. Like I never slept one wink last night because he was up howling the whole night. Oh. I'm like, oh god. And which one was it that's in your video, your duet? That's that's Daisy. That's Daisy. Yeah, oh. that's my little princess there. Like. <laughs> very very cute I know I put that up on my Facebook and it was very very popular with people I think it was most shares that I've had of any video I think mm. oh Jesus <laughs> and uh, another question I'd like to ask as well if you're having a dinner party and you could invite three people alive or dead any time in history uh, who would you pick and why 
Hmm. That's a very good question. Uh, Johnny Cash is definitely on though. Definitely. Yeah. Um, probably doesn't have to be music, no? No, anyone no. at all. Ooh, that makes it a whole lot more difficult. Um, <laughs> probably Sir Alex Ferguson. Okay. Either him or David Beckham. Right. Him or David Beckham. Yeah, yeah. And then the third one would probably be Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Okay. I would say, yeah. It would just be either Michael Jackson or Freddie Mercury. So there's a lot of yeah. one or the other. But um, I think they'd be very, very interesting conversations. Probably more so with Freddie Mercury because he was just a lunatic. <laughs> but um, I but noticed yeah, myself no, and Coppa never get the... any sort of invites to these things. <laughs> Oh, no, well, well if there was four, four and five, you know, like you know, maybe so then. Or maybe but, we don't um, need an know, invite. We'll just knock at the door. Genius, like, yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> and uh, if you had a, I suppose, what are your desert island discs? So if you're marooned on an island, you had three CDs to pick that you could listen to again and again without getting sick of, uh, until you got rescued. Mm-hmm. Let's say, uh, what what three CDs or albums would you would you pick? I, I think there a while ago, and um, probably during the first lockdown, there was this kind of trend, trend on um, Facebook and Instagram where there was some app that puts your favorite albums beside the picture of Bill Clinton, who was, had headphones on and stuff. And I think when I done that, it was um, Where the Light Is, the live album by John Mayer, uh, The Eagles' Greatest Hits, and I think it was Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. Um, so yeah, they'd be my three. But out of curiosity, what would be your favorite three? Ah, you want to go jokes? I think for, for a second. <laughs> so I think mine would be obviously there would be Elvis in there as he would be my number one. Probably his Hawaii album would probably be like his live in Hawaii album mm-hmm. would be um, that one. It sort of goes if I'm on a desert island. Um, oh God, nobody asks us this question. Really hard actually when <laughs> you put on one. the spot. I always think why yeah. do people think this is so hard? Um, Oh, see now. Um... Well, I can answer what you think, I suppose. I have an yeah, answer you, too. We'll do it half <laughs> and half, us, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I have Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury. It's a, uh, I actually recommended as a week, uh, an album of the week a few weeks ago, but Jody didn't really like it. But um, it's this kind of album. It's like, <laughs> do you ever hear, hear of Sturgill Simpson? He's an Amer- American country singer. He's. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Post Malone actually just uh, put out a cover of one of his songs on YouTube and he, yeah, did he, he literally took the words job. out of my mouth there and yeah. he, he done a he done a Brad Paisley song as well and I've been like why does something so far apart suit so yeah. well like you know and unbelievable yeah and Post Malone you, you wouldn't think but he's a metalhead as well so he's a metalhead then he became a country singer then he became uh, well hip hop I suppose you can call him and now he's going back to country he's a very yeah. very talented dude <laughs> I tell you that uh, he's, like yeah, a, he's like a rapper as well isn't he? a rapper yeah, yeah that's it yeah um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Sturgill Simpson and then a Johnny Cash album, I suppose. I'd have to pick maybe Greatest Hits to kind of cover them all, I guess. It's probably a, a, yeah. a cheap out, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I think then the last one, probably like a, a metal album, like something like Devin Townsend or something like this is really like transcendence. But a lot of people would never have heard of it. And I understand that. That's mm-hmm. cool. But <laughs> so uh, I noticed there was no Ben Troy on there, Copper. Ben Troy. Oh, no, well, no. <laughs> well that, that's going from one extreme to the other. Like, you know, that, 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 <laughs> I think my other two would have to be, I see, I was going to say Waylon Jennings, but I don't think he's quite made the cut. So I think uh-huh. I'll go for Dolly, like a greatest hits of Dolly, because yeah. why not? Mm-hmm. And then I would pick something really 
cheesy that like if I was by myself I'd want to dance so it would probably be like ABBA or oh no it'd be like a compilation of all the Eurovision song contest winners because I love Eurovision and that oh, well. cheesiness uh, I, I'll turn it back so on her I now where's Ben Troy's album yeah. Joel <laughs> I was definitely going to get uh, behind the ABBA there but <laughs> it's definitely going to get behind the app pick there but maybe the eurovision song contest maybe not so much like you know that's maybe okay, a little bit too to cheesy for me. <laughs> oh and also because i got told no we were asked this before and i got told off so i have to say um derek ryan the national songbook oh, okay there we go we were asked this before not really. Really. kind of forget no, i really probably said different albums <laughs> yeah i i think we were asked that on our first um podcast like we did like an introduction oh, episode yeah. when we, we first started this so long ago actually it'd be really interesting to go back and think <laughs> Yeah. what it is I, I don't know although you see it's really hard because there's loads like I have songs that I li- albums I listen to all the time but then like recent albums like Morgan Wallen and things like that they're so incredible and you just you know mm. I don't know mm. I'm like stressed out by my answer now that I've answered <laughs> yeah. it wrong well, yeah. Yeah. but uh, I have one more question for you Ben before we, we say cool. goodbye but do you have any ghost stories for us I do, but I don't know if I want to tell it. Oh. Um, right, right, okay, okay, right. This is We're exclusive, worldwide exclusive. <laughs> okay, like, you know. good stuff. Um, growing up, years and years and years ago, I was absolutely terrified of Michael Jackson. Really? Literally terrified of him. Right. Um, yeah, like when, when I was very young, uh, I think I was maybe three or four by the time he was going through like the second court case um, in America. Right. I think it was 2005, I think it was. And so maybe a wee, wee bit older. No, 2003 it was. You just remind us how old we are, Ben, when you start saying how old you are in like 2005. Well, I, and I think, oh my God, I was going to put my second Joe. house by 2005. <laughs> <laughs> I know, talking for myself, I'm the oldest in the room. Yeah. Are, right? I, think, I think I'm getting old. You know. <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. You know, I, I, was te- I was terrified of him there, like, you know, and... <laughs> no, sorry, but... um. Yeah, no, I, I think when I was very young, I seen a picture of him not looking his best, like really frail, really like just he, he was half a man that he was like. And that that has always stuck with me, even now. Like I, that one certain picture, I still can't look at without thinking, Jesus, like, you know, mm. pro- properly terrified. And um, the night he died, actually, um, it was such a coincidence. And people are going to laugh at me thinking, what sort of... BS is he talking like but the night he died I was doing uh I was doing a show in because I used to be part of like a, a stage school and stuff like that um I remember it was 25th of June 2009 uh was the, was the day he died like I like don't get me wrong I'm a huge fan of Michael Jackson if you ask me who the greatest musical artist of all time is I say him every single day of the week Um, loved his music terrified of him but um came home that night whatever and it was after after the show uh that we were doing just heard on the radio, Michael Jackson's taken the hospital, Michael Jackson's after dying, stuff like that. And that came home, no problem. Didn't didn't really affect me or whatever. Like, you know, obviously I was like, Jesus, there's sure he's gone now, you know. And came home. And I always used to sleep with my door closed. Always. Because, you know, no reason to keep it open. Like, you know, not that I was just scared of the dark or anything like that, you know. Um now I am four or five at this stage, like maybe, you know, maybe what was it, Hesson? Yeah, so maybe six or seven. Yeah. And that was fine. So I, um, <laughs> I, it's funny, like, I kind of had it in my head. Oh, well, he's dead now, so he can, he can be watching me now or something. Like, you know what I mean? Silly, like, he's a ghost now, you know, that kind of way. And I, I didn't really sleep that night because I was just 
I was just scared, like genuinely scared, like this, yeah. like a child is. And I had only started playing the guitar at that stage. And all of a sudden my guitar fell. And I mean, it froze me with fear. Like, I mean, absolutely frozen. And it was, it was the night he died. Like, and everyone's going to laugh thinking, oh, you fuck it. Michael Jackson's in the room dropping your guitar. What are you talking about? But it absolutely terrified me. And ever since, I sleep with the door open. Ever since. Ever since. Wow. Yeah. And, and like, the, like, there's no lights on or whatever, but just in case something falls, I have a quick, quick escape. Like, yeah. you know, um, it's just subconscious now. Like, you know, but uh, yeah, that'd be my kind of ghost story. But yeah, I don't know why I told that. That's, I'm going to be rinsed <laughs> now. Like. So to just oh. confirm with that, that you're saying that the night that Michael Jackson died, the first thing he wanted to do was to go to Ben Troy's house. And, and drop and drop his guitar, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it was it was in the stand, like it was in its stand. And next thing it just falls over. I'm like, that's just not right. Like, so I, I don't know, possibly. Maybe, maybe I do well, have a par- maybe I do have a paranormal experience of Michael Jackson with the King of Pop, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, we've we've heard all sorts already. Like we've asked Gary Gamble and he's had a, a, a possessed house. And we've, you know, we've talked to a few other people who have Tina Depart and tell her about her, uh, her haunted wig. <laughs> so we've heard all sorts already with that question. The simple question. Yeah, well, that's after that conversation I'm... going. <laughs> totally, totally. But yeah, that's my Copper's Corner done for this episode, I suppose. Do you have any more questions, Joe, before we wrap up? I think, yeah. So um, your most recent single, is it Roller Coaster, I think? Yeah. And where can people catch that and uh, you on your socials? Yeah, well, Roller Coaster is available on um, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, all, all them kind of platforms. It's on YouTube, um, it's on Facebook. It's, you, you can definitely, if you just search Bench Roller Rollercoaster, it, it'll come up. Um, that was, we released that last last June. So it's, it's been a while. Like, obviously, I can't get, get down to, to wherever I record, like, you know, because... You know, you're not meant to leave your 5K. I think it's, it's a silly rule anyway. Like, you know, but like I said, that like I said before, that's definitely going to be the first things that I'm going to do once everything is lifted. Um, but we do have new music on the way, um, hopefully in the next six weeks to a couple of months. Um, definitely, definitely before summer. Um, it's on the way. It's on yeah. the way. But you can catch me on Spotify, um, Instagram. It's at Ben Troy Music. Twitter at Ben Troy Music, Facebook the same, um, Snapchat is Ben Troy Twelve, and anything like you know anything at all. Brilliant. Well, you've been an amazing guest, and uh, I'm sure everyone at home will agree that it's really, really good to see you, even in these strange times. And we can't wait to see you back out on the road. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me on. Like I said before, it's the first time I've done something like this, and I've actually really enjoyed it. So Brilliant. thank you very much for that. It was great having you on. Thank you. Good crack. Uh, definitely we'll get you back on hopefully in the future and uh, Brilliant. all the very best of luck to you now and when things start opening up and getting a few gigs going again we'll, we'll have a pint we'll have a drink yes we will we'll have an old session <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely we'll do a bit of karaoke that's it yeah <laughs> brilliant well thank you very much Ben thank you we're back from the interview with Ben Troy. That was good crack. I really enjoyed that. He's a good lad. Really enjoyed meeting him. And what did you think of the interview yourself? Yeah, it was really, really good. As as I said before, it was, you know, lots that we could find out about him, lots of different um stories that he had to tell. And he's just a really nice lad, isn't he? Just very down to earth, very Definitely, normal yeah. and Definitely easy to, to talk guy. to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're having the right cracks where we were. 
Um, yeah. And we definitely get him on again in the future, no doubt. Definitely. And I'll probably do a little self plug as well here as well, that he's actually coming over any of our UK followers. He's actually coming over to the UK and he's doing a gig with myself at the Reading Irish Centre on the 3rd of July. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, please do contact me um, and I'll send you info on how to get tickets and everything. So brilliant, brilliant. Oh, nice for me to do a plug and not you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell people where they can actually hear you or get in contact with you. You do get that bit out of the way early. early. Yeah, so if you just contact me through Facebook, Instagram or TikTok, I'm at Welcome to Jodie Land and on Twitter at Welcome to Jodie. I don't really use Twitter, but if you send me a message, yeah. I do still get a notification, so you, you can yeah, still get I it through this. there, yeah. I do as well, yeah. yeah. We'll do the rest <laughs> of the social laughter anyway, we'll yeah. get back to that. But um, yeah, we'll move on to our track of the week. Is that what mm-hmm. we call it, wasn't it? I, I'm awful yes, for names. You've got it, you've got it. Just remember that. <laughs> I'm going to get you a sign made. <laughs> we'll do a look at, I'll get a little jingle going and a, a logo up on the screen and all this kind of stuff That's now, it. eventually. <laughs> but yeah, the track of the week. So uh, last week, uh, what did you suggest that we listen to, Joe? So I suggested um, Chris Young and Kane Brown, yes. um, famous friends. I nearly did what you did there and said the wrong Chris. I said Chris Brown. I was Chris thinking in my head. But yeah, famous friends. What did you think of yeah. it? Yeah, I actually, right, I saw the title. I hadn't heard any of these guys before. I hadn't heard the song before. I saw the title. Okay. And I was like firmly uh, expecting to roll my eyes back at the top, back of my head and think, oh, these guys are just going to start name dropping all their famous their friends <laughs> and... I was hanging out with such and such and Luke Bryan was there and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but no, it was actually very good. It completely yeah. turned the thing on its head. And he was t- more talking about his friends back in his small town of wherever yeah. it was. I can't remember exactly where it was. Uh, but he's talking about how the sheriff was a, uh, you know, a famous friend and the, the school teacher and yeah. uh, the guy at the party was always the life of the party. This kind of stuff. And the famous yeah. to him because he knew them at home. And then the fact that he was yeah. in this big city of Nashville or wherever he was, and he doesn't know anyone, but he knew everyone at home and they're famous yeah. to him. So it really, I wasn't expecting that. And I actually really enjoyed the song. Yeah, it's uh, different, and, isn't it? Yeah, it has a kind of a, I suppose a, a country rock uh, kind of a sound to it. It's a nice little started guitar in the back. You know, I like that. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I really like the sound of it. I definitely will add that to uh, my own playlist or whatever and listen to it a good bit more. Chris Chris yeah. Young, I hadn't heard of him before, so I'm definitely going to okay. look into it. Had you heard of Kane stuff. Brown before? I've heard of him. I haven't listened to his stuff. I know I'm aware of him. That's about it. <laughs> I think Kane Brown, and, and actually that song, Famous Friends, was um, Famous Friends was nominated. Obviously, it was the Country Music Awards last year, wasn't it? Last week, sorry. Yeah. Um, and I think Famous Friends was nominated as best song. And I don't think it won, but Kane Brown's, another one of Kane Brown's songs won um, best song. And I think Kane Brown won best singer. Yeah. Country singer, I think. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose I may look into him more then as well. There we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good suggestion. Very good suggestion. I was just looking at the numbers on Spotify. It's like 26 million plays or something. Like, oh, mm. Jeannie Mac, this guy, these guys have a, have, have a right anyway. They have a um, following. <laughs> yeah. Fair play to them. Um, but yeah, uh, I suggested to you was Devin Cable and the Rangers and it was Odessa mm-hmm. Skies. It was a Texas band. Uh, what did you, what did you think of it, Joe? Yeah, it was kind of, it was had quite an 80s feel to it, kind of, I, I don't know, I just felt like it would be in some sort of like weird 80s club bar and things. Yeah. <laughs> um, I quite liked it actually, it is, you know, again, not something I'd heard of before, um, yeah. not something I probably would have reached for, um, but yeah, 
it was it was a very you song <laughs> very me song <laughs> it was a very you song you know it's yeah, literally yeah, yeah. when you when you suggest things i get sort of like a couple of notes in i'm like yep that's a hymn song but um yeah no i enjoyed it um i'd probably wouldn't delete it off my playlist um i'd probably just no, keep it you know if it's on shuffle or something like that yeah um but no it's it was kind... good to see something different play, yeah, uh, listen yeah. to something different it's definitely the kind of song that grows on it. The more I listened to it as well, I actually got kind of more hooked on it. I started singing the chorus to myself. And I, I think that's a, a common thing with songs anyway. Sometimes it does take a few listens to, of songs yeah. in general just to kind of... I remember, See, we're different like that. I like yeah. the song. It has to grab me straight away. Otherwise, I can get really, a bit yeah. bored with it. So remember, like, back in the days of buying CDs, remember those days? And <laughs> you only had, like, a 20 euro. And you had you you went to the, the CD shop on a weekend, and you had like one CD that you could buy because that's all yeah. you had. You had twenty euro or twenty pound or whatever it was back in the day, and uh, you know you you bought that CD and you come home and you listen to it, and even if you over didn't like it, you listen to it again to make sure you, make sure you didn't like it. But then eventually you will start liking it and liking it and stuff. So then you kind of you know you getting your I suppose you're making sure you get your value for your money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, I suppose in today's world it's, it's a lot less uh it's a lot less like that you can just like click on a song for 15 seconds like ah don't like that and skip on because it doesn't yeah. mean as much to you but i definitely like to take the time and re-listen to stuff as well but um that's a whole other topic for another day <laughs> <laughs> but uh joe what song do you suggest that we listen to this week so the song that um i've suggested for you i literally decided five minutes ago this was going to be your song and um, it's actually one of my favorite ever country songs so you better like it and I chose it because you've just listened to one of those it's actually Chris Young's and the song is called Tomorrow okay and I think you'll be quite surprised because it's very different to famous famous friends is very sort of Kane Brown's vibe um but the song Tomorrow as I say it's one of my favorite ever country songs it's a beautiful beautiful song and um it's been covered a few times by different people but nobody quite sings it like Chris Young does Okay, is it a Chris Young song or is it? A, yeah, like old, he wrote it. Yeah. He ah, wrote okay. it. Go go! All right, I'm going ultra classic with my suggestion. Okay, everyone <laughs> probably knows this song, but I've been kind of it's my it's been my jam this last weekend. It's uh, Buck okay. Owens, Buck Owens, as I've got a tiger by the tail. It's just a, okay. You, do you know the song? I do. You do. Okay, okay. <laughs> I will listen to it again. I haven't listened to it in a long, long time. That's obviously, the thing, I know. Yeah. Um, Buck Owens. Did Buck Owens, was it last year Buck Owens died? Have I got that completely wrong? Um, Probably got that completely I'm not, wrong. I'm not sure. <laughs> I have to I check that to be honest with you. We'll check that for next time. Yes. <laughs> Let's just make sure we have that right. Yes. We'll but, fact uh, check things. <laughs> fact check things, yeah. But he's he's an absolute legend. So um, definitely just, it's, I've been jamming on it this week, uh, this weekend, and just my number one song this weekend. So I'm doing, yeah. I'm, I just want to yeah get out there and people listen to it. And it's an old classic and it, uh, but yeah, and that's, uh, I suppose we talk about our socials. Uh, you did already. So uh, where can they actually contact us at, as the podcast? Where can, so they, the podcast. where can they tell us our ghost stories and such? Which is where you were going with that. <laughs> um, so we are on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok at Folk and Around Podcast. We are on Twitter at Folk and Around Pod. We also can be emailed with the ghost stories, yeah, as ghost stories. <laughs> um, or any other comments, questions, things like that. And that is podcast at gmail.com. Brilliant, brilliant. And where can people catch you, Copper? Yeah, you can get me on the usual places, the usual suspects of social medias. Um, it's, yeah, Facebook and all that crack. But you can look up Copper Kelly Music and also have a website, copperkelly.com. 
And you can find all my links to everything there as well. I'm on YouTube, I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple Music, all those general places. And um, generally ask, where do you find you? But you've already said it, so we're going to skip on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the that's ends the episode this week. Uh, do you have anything more to add before we round her out? As always, just thank you for listening this far. If you've put up with us till now, always yeah. grateful. <laughs> absolute legend you are if you're listening this far fair play to you and uh yeah if you obviously if you are listening this far kind of must you must like the show i suppose in some way but if you want to help us out uh share tell your friends about us tell your friends oh there's this country music podcast where two two ages are talking crap for an hour and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh people might like it so yeah t- share it to people that you think might like it and if you want to help uh support the show as well uh you can go to buymeacoffee.com uh, forward slash folk around podcast and uh, we're going to get a membership uh, up and running and get some bonus material and things like that. We'll let you know as that goes uh, what's involved. So that rounds up our episode. And as always, bye, folkers. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. At FedEx, we're making lower emission vehicles our priority because Earth is our priority. Our goal is to be carbon neutral by 2040. We call it Priority Earth. FedEx, where now meets next.